With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everybody? We are back. That's right. Week. Every Thursday, baby. Yes, sir. Have you noticed I keep jumping on you as you do the open? You always I, do that. I, but I but my open is not like a, a standard open. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't have like a – I need like a like a like a tagline or something. Oh, like a catchphrase? Yeah, or like, you know what I'm saying? Like some shit that I say every like single time. Like zippity-doo-dah, welcome. Yeah, so, so that you know that not to step on my shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like he's in the middle of his thing. Like don't don't mess with it. By the way, I see you pulling up on Instagram. Your post oh about Frazier's was the funniest Instagram he's post. Incredible man. with oh. these with these fake Jordans he keeps pulling out. Oh. I was thinking, I was like, did you get him part of Jordan? Brand no, I did what? not. Oh my goodness, man! That's why I keep calling him Canal Street Clint. Oh, that these is hilarious. That is like, dude, I am so I'm so excited for today's guest, Mike Carney. Yeah, this is gonna be fun, man. Oh, I, like, this is gonna be fun. This is my big brother this is uh i mean if you guys think i'm funny man this is this is where i get everything from i will guarantee incredible amounts of laughter for for the audience today like you have to listen and also we want to let you guys know that r2c2 now we have over a thousand five star reviews on itunes so we we said we do another giveaway we're doing another giveaway here's how we're going to do it write a review on itunes give us a five-star review because as CC knows, I does, won't accept. Does it have to be a five? It has star. to. You can't force people to give no, you a five no. star it's review. A, I have to. They're not. They're not winning a prize if they give us a two star review. Write a review on iTunes. Give us five stars. Take a screenshot of the review. Then tweet it at the show using the hashtag R2C2. This is like what we did last time. Tag three friends with a link to the show. We will choose the most funny and engaging review. Remember last time we had the girl, yeah, who, Nicole, yeah. who wrote the uh, rap or song yeah. or whatever? So same thing. Come up with a funny, engaging review. Take a screenshot of it. Tweet the show using the hashtag R2C2. Tag three friends with a link to the show. And then we will choose three winners who will receive a prize courtesy of R2C2 and uninterrupted. We will give away an uninterrupted prize pack of a bunch of swag. We'll give away an autographed CC picture, which we already have, so you don't even have to do anything. Nice. And then the grand prize will be an autographed pair of CC's game-worn cleats, so that yes. you're going to have to do something with. I got that. Okay, cool. So that is the new giveaway, so make sure we're going to announce the winner next Thursday, May 2nd, so make sure you are uh, submitting your entries. And uh, remember always to rate, review, subscribe, and listen to R2C2. Without further ado, should we introduce your big bro? Let's go. Mike Harkey. Here he is. Yeah, we could just roll. This is how yeah. we do it, Hark. We just go. We just roll right Bam. into it, man. Hey. Right into it. You're going to have the best show ever right here. <laughs> I heard I need to ask about some contest you and Rag got going. Oh, yeah, spring oh, training, man. That's not even right. Oh, <laughs> man, what happened here? What happened here in spring training Stirred with you? I up my ego a little bit, man. I thought I was 26 again. Yeah? But he 
they were they had the gun out in the cage and they said uh they were talking him and him and Webby were going back and forth on who could throw seventy five on a gun. Oh, seventy five? I mean, I could do that in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I told so I told him, I said, I bet you I can hit eighty. Easy. From the mound? No, just anywhere. <laughs> with a crow hop or with a running start. Okay. As, hard as, as hard as I could do it. So then I backed out of it and then they went in there and they said, Oh, um, and Brad and Webby went in there and Rad hit 81. I said, you hit 81? Oh, I know I can hit 85. <laughs> <laughs> they said, I'll bet you anything you want to bet. I said, okay, let's go. So I went in there. I took the softball. I started winging it all over the all over the cage, getting loose. I said, this is going to be easy. First throw is going to be at least 83. <laughs> I throw the first one. It was 69. I almost, <laughs> I almost fell out. I said, uh, I said, Webby, that gun needs to be calibrated. There's no way that I just threw one 69. And I thought I threw that thing hard. Oh, no. <laughs> so I throw another one, and all of a sudden, it's 69 again. I said, what the heck? I didn't oh. even break 70. I was embarrassed. I walked out of there with my tail between my legs. I said, I can't do this anymore. Oh, man. I said, I just let a 26-year-old former catcher throw harder than me. I said, I, said, I know I'll never throw BP again. Oh, time to shut it down. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's, that's phenomenal. Out. And how, I mean, Hark, how hard did you used to throw back in the day? You hit triple digits, to, right? Yeah, I used to hit 100. Oh, I man. Said, man, does it take 30 years to stop being able to throw 100? That's I guess what it, it is. does, oh, man. Velocity keeps diminishing. Man, Chappie, Chappie was throwing 93 in spring training. We were freaking out. Yeah. All of a sudden, all he needed was a save situation. So, you know what? Maybe I need some better conditions down there. <laughs> <laughs> get one of them portable mounds and put it down there. I'm going to put Gary Sheffield in batter's box. Maybe I can throw harder then. Yeah, maybe all you need is the stakes race. So what would you lose to rats? Do we know? I lost 20 bucks. Okay. All right. So maybe you need to add like a couple zeros there and step back on the mound and that'll get the adrenaline yeah, pumping. Yeah, but 20 bucks to me is 20,000 cc. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter. Well, you're not wrong about that, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 20,000 to him. Yeah. Well, he got one more year and his budget's going it's way going down. Way down. Oh, man. <laughs> that retirement oh, man. budget. Oh, man. <laughs> Amber's, Amber's already, she's just, just slowly siphoning money out of that account, putting it, putting it into a Swiss bank account, making sure. That, so for all the waiters and waitresses out there, your tips will drastically change right. October. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I already know Hark's going to be the oh, greatest yeah. R2C2 oh, guest yeah. of all time. He, gonna, you got everything on this guy. Oh, you got, got everything. everything. I'm going to have to start buying dinners and <laughs> trips. Oh, my, my concerts go. I said, man. I already got Hixie and Dylan buying dinners and stuff now. Oh, all you had to do was leave spring training. You saw Hixie follow you right down here. He's right up here. <laughs> he spent an extra time in New oh. York just so he could get those meals man. on you. I saw him in the kitchen. Oh, I said, what are you God. doing here? He says, I had to come up here for me. <laughs> said, for you? <laughs> so you can't help us. You need to go back to town. <laughs> that is phenomenal. Oh, See, does man. that does that happen, though, where you, like, you, you bring a group to dinner? Maybe not your teammates. Maybe your teammates. Mm -hmm. But, like, and everybody's just, like, looking at you like, oh, you got this one, right? Oh. See, does that, how often does that happen? I don't, I don't know if it happens. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm always just the one that pays for the for the dinner. You know, it's just, mm. just is what it is. I've never even thought of it any, any other way. But now that these young guys are starting to get paid, they, they got to start buying it. Yeah, well. man. Just come on now. Stop going to the bathroom when the check comes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. That's funny, though. You know what? I want to, how, like, 
Do you actually think about that? Like, what is it going to be like? It, what is life? I mean, you've done very well for yourself. Retirement, you mean? Yeah. Like, what is going to be like? Does lifestyle change? Oh, like, of course. Lifestyle's got to change. Yeah. yeah. You ain't making that money no more. So, yeah. Everything's going to change. But I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Like, just, you know, being able to relax and, and not have to travel as much, too. I mean, that, that, that takes a, a toll on, on spending money, too. But you know what the bottom line is, Hark? You get all those concerts in this year for C. You, 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 you make sure you do all the meals. Oh, every man. night you guys go out to man. dinner. This is why we go to breakfast every morning. Yeah. This, is, this is my breakfast partner. This is my breakfast partner. But since angioplasty, we went from regular eggs. We got egg whites. We got egg whites and turkey bacon. Egg whites, turkey sausage. <laughs> no more gravy on the biscuits. We got gluten-free biscuits. So I don't know how all this breakfast is going to work. We're going to have to find us a vegan soul food. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Kansas City's going to be a lot different oh, this year, man. Oh man, it's going to be a different trip for oh, us, man. man. It's hilarious. So when did you guys start that tradition of of going to breakfast uh, you know, every day on the road together? Man, probably when I came back. Yeah. Probably yeah, yeah. when I got back in 16. Okay. Yeah, we started I mean, every 9 in the morning on the road if if his family's not there or my family's not there, we we go if we find Is that the time you guys always go same time? Yeah. Yeah. What's funny is I always joke with Hark. Hark left to go to be the pitching coach in, in Arizona for what? 3 years? 2. 2 years and I ended up in rehab. <laughs> 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 he left me for 2 years, man. I I was I didn't know what to do. <laughs> the weirdest sponsor, the weirdest phenomenal. sponsor ever. Don't even drink but I'm a sponsor. <laughs> so I've been back. He's got his four-year chip coming up. <laughs> that is terrific. Oh, my gosh. That's great. He had to come back for he you. He had to there, come man. back, man. Oh, oh my God. gosh. You know, what was it What what was it like coming back, Ark? Because I, I do feel like you are so beloved by everybody in this organization, and it feels like I almost forgot that you were gone two years because it feels like you just picked right back up where you were before that. <laughs> you might have forgot. I sure, <laughs> I sure the heck did forget. Every, every time I stepped into a West End, every time I got on a – I don't even know what the name of the airline was. <laughs> I, I sure the heck noticed. <laughs> you say the experience a little Whoa. different here. Huh? <laughs> you know what they tell you. The grass is not always greener when this was brown as heck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! This is what CC says always. Like whenever there's like a new guy who comes here, you always say like, "This is the big leagues." This is the big leagues, man. Yes. I'm trying to tell you, this is yeah. this is it's a lot different here. This is what you expect the big leagues to be. Yeah. When, when you come to New York and um, you know all those other places, you just it's just not as good. <laughs> it's, it's it's fun, but it's not as good as playing. I here. mean, it's still when you're on the field. It's big leagues. It's just everything else is just that goes along with it. Everything is first class, and you know that you're just treated with an, with another another level of of respect here. That you know, but it comes with going out and winning every day. Yeah, and I think players love that more than anything that they have a chance to win every time they take the field. You know, when you you guys. First, you came here maybe a year before CC. Yeah, right? I was here in two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, you came in two thousand eight. Did you guys like? Did you bomb pretty quickly in 09 when you came? See, I know the breakfasts didn't start till twenty sixteen, but when did you guys hit yeah, it off? Like, I think right away in spring training. Um, I remember. <laughs> I remember. I didn't know Hark that well, but you know, I walked in and 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 I'm sitting in the um, food room back in the day. Remember they had the couch back oh, in there, yeah. and I had the TV on. It was early in the morning. I had the TV on BET. 
And he came walking in. He was like, "Yeah, finally somebody!" <laughs> I said, finally, I said "Finally, Black Chapel." <laughs> we don't have to watch MTV anymore. Oh, it's not terrific. Sports Center every day. We got Yo MTV raps coming on a little while. <laughs> that is tremendous! Oh my gosh! Well, and we know that you know. Uh, Mike Harkey's um, his uh, last year on Players Weekend jersey was I'm not Cece for the nickname, which yeah. was phenomenal. Which of course begs the question, Hark, how often does it happen that people mistake you for Cece? Every every single day. day. Oh my gosh! Every single day. He can be standing next to me, and then he'll walk away. And I'll still be out there throwing right-handed, and people will say, Cece. <laughs> and I'm That's like, amazing. you're not true Yankee fans. <laughs> no, he's left-handed. Oh, in the bullpen, they think he's the bullpen coach. I'm yeah. like, you're not a true Yankee fan because you know that Cece's not down here during the game in the bullpen. That's hilarious, man. You oh. guys won game. You should switch jerseys during the game, oh. and you go out in the go bullpen, in the act bullpen. like the coach, <laughs> and our, you should be on the top step, like, oh, yeah. hands over, <laughs> see if anybody notices, oh, nobody, man. Nobody, nobody will notice. Nobody will notice. <laughs> the only person who will notice is Michael K. That's about it. <laughs> nobody else will pay attention to it. Oh, Every fan will think it's still CC everywhere. He, I mean, he's like, wow, he's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that is phenomenal. You know, Hark, when people do this, you got to make sure to tell them, Hey, like, make sure you subscribe, rate, review the podcast, R2C2, go get it on iTunes, right? So every oh, yeah. time every time someone says you're CC, you mm -hmm. just direct them to the podcast yeah. for us, okay? The problem is they can't see our faces right now. So <laughs> I haven't had a mustache or a beard <laughs> yeah. in, in 12, 15 years now, and they still see CC with a beard that he's not supposed to have. <laughs> <laughs> he's allowed to have the mustache, but he, he still has the soul patch. No he's, beard, been, he's been rocking the soul patch for 10 years here in Yankee Stadium. Oh, I still remember Jennifer, Jennifer Steinberg always sending, sending Joe text messages. Could you tell Cece to shave? <laughs> but his biggest corrupter who was here now, Andy Pettit, has taught him all these he little me all these little everything. Things. Wait, oh wait, Andy taught you the tricks, the facial oh. hair tricks? Little tricks, man. man. Really? Yeah. So what's Andy tell you? you I mean, you you fine as long as you're out there. Like so, <laughs> so long so long as you're pitching, you can have a beard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then the next day, when you're not out there, yeah. you shave. Yeah. So is that your rule? Kind of like how I like play it out. I play it out like that. All right. Bit. So you grow it out, grow it out, and then after your start, shave. Then you shave. Yeah. That's so interesting. But, but if you pitch good, you might wait a little longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your ass gets shelled. You oh, better yeah. be clean yeah. by yeah. post game. <laughs> clean shaving by the time you come up here to do your press conference. <laughs> yeah. That's it, T. Man. T. The biggest corrupter of all the pitchers <laughs> here. I said. He really is. And then CC corrupted all the rest of them. And <laughs> now, now when CC leaves, it'll be Tanaka who will corrupt the next crew. It's the most amazing thing. We were Evo, told, Evo sent me a text last night. He said, he texted he text me, he was like, Ask Masa what time should I leave tonight because he's pitching today. <laughs> it's amazing. The times have changed. We, we, had, we used to have, when we had, when we had CC, um, and we had Tite, and we had Corota. Most amazing thing ever. So. Corotta's pitching or Tite's pitching the first game on the road. So they he leaves early. 
No, he takes Corotta and Cece with him. Because <laughs> he can't go to dinner by himself. Because he can't go to dinner by himself. <laughs> so we got no starting pitchers on the bench, but the starting pitcher, and he's only in there half an inning. It's the most amazing are thing I've in, ever seen in my life. Are you serious? So oh, he yeah. And, he, and yeah. he didn't like to fly by himself. <laughs> so whoever pitched the next day got to go, and then most of the time I pitched after after Corotta, so I just went too. Oh. So we'd be three deep in, in the city oh, so, yeah. four so, days early. Like. So, so for anyone who's, like, who's listening to this and it's like, Wait, hold on a second. A lot of times, teams will send the starter of the first game of the next series on the road ahead just in case it's a long game mm-hmm. or whatever, so you get your rest, you get to the city ahead of time. So you're telling me if Andy's throwing the first game of the road trip or the first game of the next series in the next city, he's not going alone. He's no. taking oh, no. at least one starter at, with at him. At least one, one starter. And I at tried it for one. the longest time to get him to take one coach. <laughs> <laughs> so one starter, one coach. Everything I'm trying to do, I'm trying to be the first guy, first, first coach ever to be a Jordan rep. <laughs> first coach to ever make $20 million a season out of the bullpen. I'm trying to be the first in everything. Oh, my gosh. This yeah. is phenomenal. Oh, I absolutely love this. So is was Andy like – was he also like? Was he a dude who he didn't want to go to dinner alone like the night before a game? Did he always want someone with him in those situations? He always wanted somebody. Uh, he always wanted somebody with him, and he would always eat the same things. Like yeah. if it was uh, whatever city we were in, and he was pitching, we had to go to the same restaurant. So if it <laughs> really? was in uh, in Toronto, it was a steakhouse that he always wanted to go to. In Minnesota, it was a different Italian place. Here, he ate Italian food all the time mm-hmm. the night before. So it was always like. His superstitious, whatever place he pitched good, that's where we're going. It's very Wade Boggs-esque. Like, oh, yeah. same meal always. People call it superstition, but it's just routine. It's just routine. Yeah. <coughs> that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I totally get that. Like, even me doing, like, a before play-by-play, like, I always will have, like, the same kind of thing. Like, I'm always nervous to have, like, sushi the day of a broadcast, mm-hmm. you know? Like, just because I'm like... You get sick. You yeah, get yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, something happens, you're done, you know? Like, you can't, like... You're not hitting the cough button. You're in the diarrhea. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Like, I don't even know what you do in that situation, man. It ain't nothing to do with <laughs> Oh, man, it's hard enough trying to figure out, like, if you really have what, to pee what, what, what to do. What happens, though, seriously, like, if, like, the broadcast, can they find somebody or, like, what, I, what, what would happen? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, last year... You remember Keith Olbermann mm-hmm. uh, kind of like was – he did play-by-play a couple times last yeah. year, right? The first game he was supposed to do was a game you guys were playing uh, – might have been the Astros here, like in April. And he was going to be doing the play-by-play, and he got food poisoning – but it was like night before, so they had all the time. So I ended up stepping in because I knew I live in New York, whatever. I'm already I do ESPN as but well, right? But what if it's like Indiana, if it's like, or like if it's, if it's like you know a Pacers game or something? I like. don't know. Like last minute, what do you do? I, occasionally, like someone can't get somewhere because of weather or whatever, and I think you just try and like find someone local last minute, you know. Dude. But it's tough, man. I don't know if it's like right up against though what happens because like what happens if it comes on like you're just about to go on air. You know yeah, what I mean? Then, like, then, then, oh, yeah, man. It, it, it's hard enough trying to figure out, like, the, I mean, this isn't a problem for, like, actually getting on the air, but, like, you know, sometimes you get a game go to overtime, double overtime. Like, I, my, my bladder is timed for, like, you know, <laughs> like, when that fourth quarter ends, I'm gone. You know what I mean? Like, so I had a game once, a triple overtime game in Portland between the Blazers and the Spurs where I was doing a game with Hubie Brown, and I had to do – the inti- we had a triple overtime game. I had to do overtime, double OT, and triple OT 
with my pants undone <laughs> because I had so much pressure on. I couldn't have any. I had to do under the belt, whatever. And Hubie's sitting next to me like, are, are you all right? Like, I'm like, I can't. I'm going to. And and we actually, I had brought out like a, a, a like some Little. sort of like bucket. Like, oh. just, I didn't use it. I made it. I didn't use it, but just in case, man. So if it's firing out the other end, I don't know what the hell you do, man. I want no oh, part of that whatsoever. No part of that whatsoever. So, Hark, when you are, like, you're out in the bullpen during the game, like, because I feel like, I don't know if I've ever even asked you, like, what is the routine for you on a day-to-day basis during a game when you're out there with the guys? Well, the beginning of the series is usually me going over all the hitters, kind of like our scouting report, and we do that for all the hitters. And then once the phone rings, <coughs> once the phone rings, it's me getting the individual ready. And everybody's different is the thing. You know, some guys I give more information. Some guys I give l- less. Some guys I give none. Mm. Just because I know th- those guys have done their homework or the other guy is just completely not going to listen anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't, really, it doesn't really matter. Like, Chappie, you got left, you got a right, you got a left. <laughs> Chappie goes see, <laughs> and he goes out there, you know, because if the situation called for 300-mile-an-hour fastballs, I tell Chappie that, he'd go out there and throw three sliders. I mean, either one is going to be effective for that guy. So yeah. With, with Chappie, it's different. With, uh, you know, with a greenie, it might be a little bit more information kind of going over his sequences on um, how he's going to start hitters and how he's going to finish them, you know, and then – other guys, most guys, if they're struggling, it's a lot less information. It's more like go get them. So you really have to get to know the personalities of all these guys, though, so you know their state of mind and like what they can absorb and what they can't absorb when they're out there then. Yeah, well, that all comes with building relationships. I mean, <clears throat> this is for all young coaches out there. Get to know the person before you force your coaching style on them. Understand what they like, what they don't like, Talk about something other than baseball before you start, you know, you need to change this or you need to change that. Because there's no trust. Mm. You won't be able to do anything until there is some trust. I mean, your, your reputation and whatever experiences that you've had only go so far. Because I got shellacked when I pitched, you know, and I had great games. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I know everything. Right. <clears throat> and what these guys have to say sometimes means a whole lot more if they're telling you the truth or it always means more if they're telling you the truth than whether or not they're just BSing you. Yeah. And more times than not, players BS you. You know, whatever you're telling them goes in one ear and out the other. So you just want them to be able to grasp just a little bit of it and try to apply it. That's about it. Can you tell when a guy is like okaying you but not absorbing it at all? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I got the best BS detector there ever is. <laughs> you, know, you know, Tommy Canely is number one on the list. <laughs> you know, I basically try to have aptitude tests with Tommy Canely every single day. <laughs> but if I want to know something about Philadelphia Eagles football back in the 80s, <laughs> he can read me off stats verbatim. Order magic, but or Orlando I, magic, yeah. or Orlando Magic. Oh, he's a big Orlando Magic guy? Oh, my God. North Carolina Gosh. Tar Heels. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's unbelievable. The biggest sports. He's the guy that's in the stands 
screaming at people, the drunk guy screaming at people that you hate. <laughs> <laughs> That's mainly as a fan. But, but you go to Tommy for anything. anything. Like you ask him a question about any soccer question I, I have, I always <laughs> ask Tommy. Any football personnel question, yeah. you always ask Tommy. Like he knows everything. everything. Wow. So he is knows he the everything. most knowledgeable most sports knowledgeable. He's the most he's knowledgeable. And, and, and I feel like I got a lot of sports Yeah, yeah, you do. He, he blows me out of the water. Wow. It's not even close. Names, yeah. dates. Yeah, Whoa. it's not even close. He's like Rain Man when it comes to sports. Yeah, he can tell you people's lines, like their offensive lines and shit. Like, it's crazy. Like, he can, it's insane. That's wild, yeah. man. How do you become a Magic fan? I have no idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> probably the Philadelphia 76ers pissed him off. Or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he said, screw He him. said, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. But, but what Hark was talking about, about getting to know people yeah. and getting to know guys, is, <clears throat> that's the same way I feel with, like, trying to be a leader. Mm. Being a leader in the clubhouse and, 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 you know, trying to lead a team or trying to be a leader of a team, you need to know your players. You need to know your guys and, and have a conversation other than baseball and, like, know their families and, you know, just so you can have a, a, a bond and like a friendship to fall back on because sometimes those conversations get tough in, in different situations. So um, if you have that trust and you have that friendship, you can say whatever you want. Mm. Hark, what has been who, – who's been a guy who like along those lines who you feel like, man, you know what? Like I really – maybe at first it wasn't that easy or whatever, but I really connected with him and then like I got through to him, I saw changes. Like I'm sure there are a lot of those guys, but is there one who, who stands out or you're like, that bond, that meant so much to me. We built such a relationship and then the results kind of took off or like – or or you know a, an example of somebody who you really got close to in that regard. Well, <clears throat> CeCe's that guy. Mm -hmm. He's mm -hmm. definitely been that guy. Since 2009, we've developed a kind of relationship where, you know – Whatever him and Larry work on in the bullpen, he's got somebody else to be able to reinforce it or be able to help him decipher it in a different way mm. or different language, you know, <clears throat> and that probably helps out the most because, you know, if when it came to him learning the cutter, I mean, because when he first got here, it was power and change up. Yep. You know, he called a slider a cutter for every day. I would say, man, that's not a slider. <laughs> I, know I know it's not a cutter. I just call it a cutter. <laughs> I said, you throw the slowest cutter in history. <laughs> he never threw it back door. He always tried to bounce it back foot to right-handers. I said, wow, that's a, that's a cutter. <laughs> and so we fought with that for years yeah. until he finally learned a cutter. Mm. You know, Larry introduced it. Tite reinforced it, and then <clears throat> I've tried to reinforce it with things that we talk about and things we say, and it's just kind of evolved into, in, into, that, into that relationship where I can tell him he stinks, mm. and I can tell him he's doing great, you know, but I've, I've, what I've tried to be is just, you know, not a coach, just a friend, mm. you know, somebody he can talk to about anything and knows that it goes as far as me, and that's it. You know, if there's something that I need to talk about, then we talk about it. I was going to say, I mean, for me, for <coughs> sure with him, but I think Dellen, too. Yes. 1,000% um, Dellen, um, just, you know, being able to trust Hark and, and you know, knowing he having somebody that has his back all the time and somebody that he can trust that he can go to and talk about whatever. I mean, um, obviously, like he said, it's explained our relationship, but I feel like him and D had the same kind of relationship as, and, and you see him, you know, taking off and becoming this great reliever and for all-star game later, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's me. I was talking about this with CC at some point in one of our podcasts saying like, if you look at 
the beginning of Dellen's uh, career, like he's on a Hall of Fame reliever pace. Mm-hmm. That's how good yeah. he has been thus far. And in the middle of this yet, he, you know, he's still dealt with his ups and downs, right? For the most part, just like excellence. But it's, it's such an incredibly difficult game to play, and, it, and especially here with the scrutiny. Hark, how about like a couple years ago in, in the 2017 run when he's going through the struggles that he went through after he's already been one of the most dominant relievers in baseball, and we've now seen him return to that form. Mm-hmm. How did you, how did you kind of deal with that period of time with Dellen? Well, it's kind of hard because I don't like to take a lot of that credit. I just like to be just a really small part of it. But Dylan's personality, Dylan's work ethic, and his fortitude <clears throat> makes him what he is. Mm. He finds things that people tell him, you know, like I said before, going one ear out the other. With Dylan, it always sticks. <laughs> and D, you need to be, you know, you need to get your arm in this position. Man, he'll spend weeks, months, years repeating that and doing that all the time. Wow. Because he remembers that. You know, like in 2017 when he he struggled after the All-Star break and then um, the playoffs and, and all this stuff went on. He was struggling to throw strikes, struggling to hold runners, struggling to field his position. Well, he came to spring training. He worked on the backfield, fielding the position. He did all these things, and Larry wanted to take it slowly with him by him doing more of his bullpens in secret, him doing his uh, uh, game situations, simulated games on the backfield. But Dylan didn't want to have it. He did his regular routine. He says, I want to get in games. I think the first couple games was the same, Dylan, but he just kept fighting through it. You know, it was just Larry trying to protect him, but Dylan saying, I don't want protection. I want to be able to get out there and fight through it with all the other adversities, fans and booing and everything else. And he ended up coming out the other side. Struggled in the beginning of the season with all the same things, command, fielding, everything. And he just kept working. And then all of a sudden, bam, pops out the other side. And he's obviously one of our most dominant relievers. I love that. And, and I mean, you know, De- <coughs> Dellen is like, if you don't like Dellen, it's a you problem. Oh, like yeah. he, I mean, he is, he is as nice a guy as you could possibly find. He's just a good dude. And he's so easy to root for. And I can remember last year when he was struggling at the beginning of the year in April, he'd given up uh, – the, it, I think it was a tie game when he came in. You guys had lost the game to the Red Sox, and J.D. hit a Yankee Stadium mm-hmm. home run, you know, just over the wall. And people are asking him, like, you know, what's going on, whatever. And Dellen stood there and was like, I can tell I'm close. And I was like, oh, I like that. Like, I could t- like he's and, – and he stood there, and he always, man, he's as good as it gets with after a game and after a tough outing, being able to handle the heat and take the questions. But the fact that he stood up there and was like, kind of like, I got this. Like, I, I, like I'm close. And – Literally, I think it was the next appearance on. He went like 18 straight appearances without allowing a run or whatever. But I love seeing that in him that like, yeah, like he, he's, you know, if you're really good at something, right, you kind of know like, I got this. And he's, yeah. he's not, even with being a nice guy, he wasn't afraid to kind of like flex a little bit and show like, and I some, can do this. Sometimes you, know? you have to be that, you know what I mean? You want to be humble and you want to, you know, stay within yourself all the time. But then. You know, sometimes as an athlete, it's, it's other times when you need to show that, that side of yourself and, um, you know, just to, to, to get things back right. Mm. Hark, who has been let, – let's not take a current guy, although maybe if you want to, you can go there. <laughs> like, who has been the most frustrating guy to try and work with out there? <sighs> 
and it could be in a humorous way. <laughs> like, like they're just they're just totally aloof, they, they, and, and you're trying to hone them in. Well, <clears throat> there's been a few, <laughs> um, but but I think David Robinson fits both categories for me because he came in 2008. You know, I've I had him when he his first outing, yeah, and I had him in his last outing, and Yank for the Yankees, and he was the one I've probably fought with the most on figuring out how to learn to pitch because he's been in the big leagues for 10 years and still has no idea how to pitch, <laughs> which after time I had to learn that that's what makes him so successful. Mm, that's interesting. Okay. Because yeah. you have to understand that you either know it or you don't and you think you do. Mm-hmm. And he's the guy that doesn't, but thinks he does, <laughs> which is that works for because him. he has, Plus stuff. Yeah. So if he has plus stuff, half the time he's throwing the wrong pitch in the right situation and gets out. He believes with bases loaded and nobody else that he can get out of this unscathed. Every time. He's amazing. (laughs) But he creates his own trouble. So he says, well, I might as well get out of it. And we would fight the next day. It never failed. I would tell him, all right, you got JD. First pitch curveball. All right. Fastball in. Bounce the breaking ball. Okay. First pitch, cut her in. <laughs> Second pitch, slider. Hanging breaking ball. Bullet down the line for a go. <laughs> Walking to the clubhouse. Yeah, I know. I know you told me. You told me. You told me, but I got out there. I just completely forgot. I don't know. <laughs> and that sounds just like him, too. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, just, I can go back to a conversation we had when he was – he was a, he was 2009, and he was he was coming along then. Yeah. And Mo was down there, and obviously they started talking about money. And D. Rob, what do you you know? Do you have any? All I want to make is 15 million dollars, and I'm out of this game. Says <laughs> I don't care if the Yankees offer me 15 million dollar 10 year deal right now. I would take it. <laughs> you know, and then you got 10 years later, and he's made 90, th- yeah, 90, 90, million, dollars, change, 90 yeah. million dollars, and don't spend a dime on it unless it's for a kayak, a kayak or a fishing rod. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely oh amazing. You know what's and crazy is that how this game works out though, because we had all those guys down there: him, Phil Hughes. And Jabba, and if you if you told me that he'd be the one that's still you know pitching, making money, yeah. and like out of all of those guys, yes. he was the one that kind of you know emerged as a star. You yeah. know what I mean? And he just sat back in the bushes. Yep. And but the thing that he did more than Hughes and more than Jabba did is they watched Mo. He watched Mo. He emu- tried to emulate Mo with everything. His you know tap 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 with his foot when he came set. That's what Mo did. Trying to Mo always worked with him on trying to control his cutter, you know, which his cutter was natural. Mo will tell you that he developed bullshit. Mo's <laughs> cutter was natural. You can say it all. You can oh, curse him yeah. if you want. Yeah. It, was, it was so natural. I can still remember. Mo beat me in his first major league start. People don't know that when he was a starter. Ooh, really? And he tells, he says, yep, he beat me. He started against me when he was with the Yankees in 2000. <laughs> Oh, geez, 1995. In 1995, we pitched against each other. And when I was in Oakland, I was a starter in Oakland. I pitched against the Yankees, and Mo's second or third big 
league start. He goes five innings. I went three, and he got his first regular <laughs> start. <laughs> Do you remember watching him that day? And like, did you don't remember anything? nothing? At all, <laughs> don't remember anything. All I was worried about was Bernie Williams <laughs> and those guys. I wasn't worried about anybody. Paul O'Neill absolutely killed me. So yeah, no. But it was weird. I, we went back. I was like, Ruben Sierra probably was still on that team too, right? He was 95? with me in Oakland. He will, right, okay. Yeah, but in 95, in was he still yeah. a Yankee, though? No, he was he in Oakland. He was in, oh, that Ricky year? Henderson. Okay. Dave Stewart, Dennis Eckersley, Ruben Sierra. Oof. Yeah, Man. all those guys. Uh, so now this this makes me want to ask, Hark, what was it like with Mo down in the pen? Like, what, what kind of maintenance do you do with the greatest reliever of all time? <laughs> it, you know what? He made me feel like I was the best coach ever. <laughs> <laughs> I used to say, there's no way I shouldn't be the, be the pitching coach. How am I not the pitching coach? Look what I've done with this guy. <laughs> I mean, he saved in six years we were together. He saved more games in those years. Had a lower ERA. You know, solidified himself in the playoffs. And I'm still the bullpen coach. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. I hand, <laughs> I hand him a ball before he warms up, and I write down how many warms up he, warms he had. I said, how am I not the pitcher coach? But I tell you what, I, I probably that guy probably helped me. He helped me to be the coach I can be more than anybody because people don't understand. He took pressure off of guys, and it allowed them to develop. You know, when you know you don't have to pitch the ninth inning in Yankee Stadium or you don't have to pitch the last inning of sixth or seventh game of the World Series, it's easy. Mm -hmm. Because this guy took all the pressure off and he was the same getting a save in the first game of the season or the last game of the World Series. The exact same. It did not matter. And guys took notice of that. You know, we had David Robinson. You credit a lot of what Mo did for him. Jabba Chamberlain and Jabba personality wise completely different. Get the yeah. last out, it's boom boom baby. Mo get the last out, it's yeah, shake your hand, walk off. Yeah. Didn't matter. And I think that's he allowed guys to be themselves. You know, I can remember uh being a an eight year old kid watching Mo for the first time or nine years old, I was watching Mo and like just watching with my dad and being like, you know, watch how calm his delivery is and the ball just explodes and then Watch the way he walks off the mound. And so I would always pay attention to that. So I always think back to in Game 6, 96 World Series, he throws two dominant lights out, 7th and 8th inning against the Braves, right? And he and the, the stadium is just up for grabs. I mean, it is electric. And he just takes this calm saunter off the mound. I mean, you would have no idea. Anything was going on, just that same calm walk. And I'm like, this guy, how is he not right now, like, jacked up? (laughs) And of course, then that would be the walk he'd do in every big moment for the rest of his career. Like, but it was amazing. Like, his ability to just stay here always fascinated me. I think that's what made him so great is that he could, he could stay even kill, you know, for, for, you know, throughout all those playoff runs, throughout, you know, all, you know, so playing for the Yankees for so many years and being in so many big situations, be able to stay. The same all the time, I think, is what made him so great. But it makes him great. That's that You don't pitch in the big leagues for 15-plus years without forgetting the bad because mm-hmm. there's almost as it's much bad, bad. <laughs> as there is great times. But it's the one or two great times that, you know, you celebrate 
and you embrace and then you move on and say, all right, it's time to lock it back in again. You know, we're playing Boston. We'll be up two games. Then we face Kansas City. you got to be able to be the same yeah. the whole time. Mm-hmm. And that's the challenge of being a New York Yankee because, you know, guys need to understand that. And you got these young guys in the clubhouse and, you know, they hit a home run against Boston. It's running around the bases with your fist up. You know, you hit a base hit against Kansas City with a whole home. I'm supposed to do that. And that's not the way it's supposed to work. It's supposed to be the same and feeling and same and get after it is as it is every time mm-hmm. I, I always we, i've talked about this with you i can't imagine doing something for a profession where i know i'm gonna fail x number of times right like if you told me i'm gonna go on air and have a shitty broadcast like you know twice a week or you know or 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 even if it was once a month i'd be like oh my gosh like i can't, <laughs> I can't like, like I, why this is very scary like i can't, I can't deal with that's this that's why you get good <laughs> guests that's right that's right amen hark is coming back every week <laughs> but like nah, seriously but I think that's you got to deal you, with that mentally but, but see i think that's what makes you good man i think like i love that about here more so than anywhere else is because the fans and, like, the organization keeps the pressure on you to be good mm. no matter what. So it's always that sense of urgency to, like, even when you're working out in January, you're thinking about pitching against fucking, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're thinking about games. October, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not even October. You're thinking about June. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you, I mean, you have to be good all the time here. They expect you to be good all the time. And you expect yourself to be good. I mean, Obviously, you, you, you know, you, you fail a lot, but you expect you expect to be great, and these people hold you accountable for that. Hark, how about, you know, you were uh, known to be very close with Joe Girardi. You mm-hmm. guys were roommates back in the minors, right, mm-hmm. together? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, he was one of the first guys that, you know, you were one of the first guys he wanted on his staff mm-hmm. here when he got the gig in 08. Mm-hmm. You know, you come back after you were the Diamondbacks pitching coach for a couple of years, and then Joe's dismissed, and... Aaron Boone, one of his first calls was to you to try yeah. and get you to to stay. Was that difficult having you know one of your one of your best friends gone and saying like, all right, you know what? But I'm gonna I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay here with this organization. Well, here's a funny story. I just kind of put it in perspective for you. Is just going forward. Is after as soon as I get to spring training in 2018 <laughs> or 17, it was really weird because I walk into the clock. See my locker has my name on it, but no, none of my stuff that I leave every year in the locker. Thinking Rob Kakuza was going to bring it, he said, "Bro, I thought you would have gone up. No chance coming back." <laughs> he said, "I left your stuff in New York, and I was going to have Richie mail it to you in California." <laughs> so when you came back, man, I got the spring training. Oh, that's right, Hart's back. <laughs> so they had to have all my stuff mailed back to me. That I said, phenomenal. "Man, what are you talking about? I was the first dude back." <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was real. It was a, that is a phenomenal. Uh, it was great. probably the weirdest, weirdest <laughs> dynamic because I can guarantee you that everybody, knowing that Joe's my best friend, knew that I was not coming back. Yeah, but you got to understand. You know, I've developed a really good relationship with Cashman. Um, there's a trust there, and you know, Cash has never been. He's not the guy that's going to say you're his best friend. You're gone too because of your loyalty to him. Mm. He wants guys here that represent the Yankees. And I, I, I'm glad that he thought that I was one of those guys that mm. still represents the Yankees and has something to offer the Yankees. I mean, it wasn't about <clears throat> me and Joe's friendship. And the other thing was Joe did not feel like 
I needed to leave because he left. Right. Which served two purposes because I know he's a true friend because he's not going to say, you shouldn't take that job because I left or I got fired or whatever. So it worked out both ways. That's a great story. That's awesome. That's, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. That's I never heard. So now you gotta have Rob Kakuza come on in here. Yeah. Oh, it was the worst feeling I ever had. He said, "Bro, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I thought for sure you weren't coming back here." <laughs> that's terrific. Oh. Now, Harik, you you grew up in? Did you grow up in San Diego? No. Or, or? Born in San Diego. My dad was in the Navy, and okay. then uh, moved to Inglewood. Lived in okay. Inglewood till I was ten. Then we moved to uh, to Diamond Bar. Okay. Do you, for uh, w- with like California in your blood and your mm-hmm. roots, and you know went to Cal State Fullerton too, right? Like mm-hmm. and and you're a Cal guy, mm-hmm. or a Cali guy, I should He's say. He's Northern Cal. Yeah, That's a Northern Cal. Two different states. Two different states. So, so, so you want to hear us start arguing? Let's yeah. So, so but then, all right, good. You give me a totally different segue. Yeah, oh, I love yeah. it. Tell me the difference. SoCal, oh, Northern, Northern Cal. Man. What's the difference between the man, two? Man, complete difference. In man. personality, the, it's like a it's like a twenty year gap in <laughs> progress. You know, you got the Californians, you got, and then you go to Northern Cal, man, and it's like they're still. On, they're still watching Fast Times at Ridgemont High in the 2000s. Oh, it's hilarious. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's totally different states, man. It really is. Like, it's split down the middle. It's, a, it's wh- crazy. What's the biggest difference to you, do you think? Um, Man, I think, I mean, I, the biggest difference, I guess, is just the people. Yeah. You know? Um, the way people act, the way people talk, the way people, you know, the way people are. But you can, like, totally tell? Different. Like, you be, oh, that's oh, I can no tell. Cal. I can, yeah. I can totally tell. Somebody yeah. from Southern Cal and, and North Cal, for oh, sure. that's funny, man. Yeah. That is hilarious. So, is it like, you know, a lot of times, Hark, when we think about, like, Southern California guys as New Yorkers, right? We're like, oh, yeah. Like, you could see the, you could see, we'll say, like, you could see the L.A. come out in mm. them, right? Or, like, or the Southern Cal. Do, is mm. that... Do you think that's a real thing? Like when you're in that weather, does it ingrain a little bit of laid backness oh, in you? The most spoiled people ever in Southern California. <laughs> because in Northern California, you're going to get cold weather yeah. more so than you are in Southern California. But we are so spoiled. Southern California, if it rains three days in a row, you see the most angry. You make New, <laughs> they make New Yorkers look like they're just all sunshine. And, 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 I mean, we they start panicking. They can't drive. Nobody can drive Nobody on the freeway. Nobody can drive so in the rain. Accidents on the you freeway. got people in, 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 in New York who drive in the snow and are humming and stuff. Man, a little bit of rain in California. Man, forget about it. I mean, people are just a mess. That is terrific. <coughs> Are you into shows the way that C is? What do you mean? What? He's I'm, the guy I get all my shows no, from. No, I didn't know this. <laughs> this <laughs> guy watches everything. Oh, my You think goodness. I watch everything? He yeah. watches everything. Really? Man. From This Is Us to <laughs> oh, yeah. American Gods. Oh, yeah. He watches oh. everything. Yeah. I heard if I watch This Is Us, I will cry. I heard well, I'll cry every I watched episode. the first season and yeah. cried like a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> I stopped watching it because I probably lost all my testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> So, no. what's your favorite show right now, though? Well, a show what you watching right now? Right now, I'm watching The Unit, which was set back in 2006 to 2010, I think. Um, and it was an old. Delta See, I never even heard of these shows. No, man. He Delta watches Force. shows, man, like Chicago oh. PD. Oh, and yeah. like, I'm a you big, into Chicago PD? He watches My, every Chicago show. PD, oh. Mad, Fire. So, <laughs> I, I, so I'm good friends with a couple of guys on Chicago PD because my buddies there uh, is bring him to the field. <laughs> you know, you know Halstead. Oh, Halstead, Halstead yeah, yeah. my guy. Yeah, bring okay. him to the field. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna Hals, bring Halstead. Yeah. Lost all that weight. Yeah. Now he's all shredded. There and you stuff. go. Hey, you know, I'm gonna send this clip to Jess. 
Dempsey, the actor who plays oh, him. Yeah, and he's he's going to feel so good about himself because I know he works hard in the gym, yeah. man. Yeah, his brother, his brother's the doctor on, yes. on man. There you not, go, man. Not his real brother. Not his but real his, brother. His TV brother. His TV brother. He's a doctor. You're all over it, man. He's all over it. You're all over I'm it. I'm telling you, man. And you know, I forget what LaRoyce's Leroy's, uh, character in the, in the show He's a cop on Chicago PD too. Um, what's his character's the name? The black character? Yeah, yeah. What's what's his Gosh. what's this cop name? Leroyce is awesome though. Yes. Great dude. Great dude. Yo, this I'll is be, so I'll funny. be watching TV out like uh, Sunday. I was watching Veep and I just paused it in the middle because I know it's a part that he's gonna laugh at, and I had to text him like. And I already saw. And he had already watched it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Game of Thrones. Yeah, so you Game of Thrones too. All right, so oh, texting through Game of Thrones a whole. So we got to break this down then. Oh my but, gosh! I, I, I've already watched the premiere twice. I, I watched it. Three times already. Oh my yeah. gosh, man! I watched it three times. All right, what Sunday. stood out most to you guys about the premiere? Um, everything. I, I all of it. I think uh, the fact that Jon Snow was really a Targaryen um, after riding the dragon. That was pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Um, Bron sitting there waiting for Jamie to come. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm waiting for my friend. <laughs> I'm waiting for an old friend. Waiting for and an old friend. just seeing this, the look on Jamie's oh, face when he saw him, man. he said, oh, I'm a dead man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and then thinking, for me, I'm, I'm almost guaranteeing that Arya is the one who's going to kill either the dragon or the Night King. Or the, or Night, the King. Night King. With that new <laughs> that new sword that her uh, her friend is making. Gendry's making. Gendry, yeah. The blacksmith. Who yeah. they're going to end up burying. Yeah. You think they're yeah, going to get married? Two. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's funny is you they could end up being like the... I mean, he could be the king because he's still yes. got Baratheon blood, right? Yeah. And she could be... The queen, but basically a higher badass. You yeah. know, I mean, like yeah, she and she wants nothing to do with it. With love, oh, she is nothing to do with she's it. She's phenomenal. I think season awesome. seven, that last episode was probably my favorite. Oh my! When she had Littlefinger. Oh. But then there's a the thought that Littlefinger Little ain't dead. He's not dead. That he was one of the two two faced uh, men. From uh, Thanos, well, not Thanos. What's it? Uh, oh, Where, no, Thanos is uh, no. Marvel. Um, the uh, uh, from uh, the from uh, the Many Faced God. Yeah. From, yeah, from that. He's from that city. Bravos. Bravos. There you go. Oh, really? So they think he might be. He might still be alive. Really? Yeah. That would be crazy. There's so many man. conspiracy theories going on in this clubhouse. Oh, really? It is the club. It's crazy. So, it's fun, though. I love it, though. Oh, it's so much fun. It's the best. So I just saw Kyle Higashioka uh -huh. a couple minutes ago, and he what a, he's so nice. Yeah, I love him. He's just a nice guy. And he was like, You guys doing Thrones talk? And as soon as you say it like that, I'm like, Oh, okay. He's obviously into the show. He's not like, How about that Game of Thrones? You know, it's not, it's not that. It's like, yeah. He's like, you, you guys doing Thrones talk. So I said to him, we should do, like, either right after the finale or right before it, we should do a roundtable app of R2C2 with everybody who watches Who it. watches oh, the show? Yeah. Oh, that would be so like, much fun. Jack, I don't know how we get the microphone situated, but, like, <laughs> get a boom mic and, like, we all just sit there and how sick would that be? be? We sick. do like a, oh, We have to record that. Yeah, That'd right. Have to be recorded. We, we do yeah, uninterrupted yeah. to do a camera crew, yeah. and we do everybody who watches we gotta it. we got to find one of the actors on there. Yeah, yeah right? I know. Real. Now, Sadie Zillow, who, who produces the program, she has a connection with Peter Dinklage, I think. Oh. So we got to get we got to get him on. But he's a, he's a Targaryen. He's a Targaryen too. You yeah, think so? You, you got to so, bring Tyrion up here, man. We yeah, need Tyrion. He'd be hilarious. And get, and we, get him going. Yeah, we get him on the field for BP. Oh yeah, you know, that, that's come on. That's oh, one of the yeah. cool things, right, about being involved with the Yankees. Oh like, yeah, everybody wants to come yeah, exactly. to Yankees. You know what I'm saying? Right. If this was like the Rays or something, you're like, come to Tropicana. And they're like, yeah, yeah I'm good. No, yeah, no, you're no, exactly. No. Like, <laughs> you guys don't have to comment. I'll say, like, I'm good. 
but we wouldn't even have the balls to ask him if he yeah, knows exactly. <laughs> exactly. What do we have to entice this person to come? Exactly. Absolutely nothing. That's right, exactly. That's my thing. Like with the Yankees, it's so different, right? Oh, yeah. Like you could be like, it's, it's amazing. Like even, I see it with, because I'll do games with Chauncey Billups. Mm-hmm. And Chauncey, once I told him like, oh, yeah, I can get you tickets. Really, man? You can get me Yankees tickets? It's like, oh, it's yeah. a, anything with the Yankees is like gold in any other form of entertainment, and right? I, didn't, like, I didn't know that until I came here. Like, I didn't realize how how big Yankees world was until you get in it, until yeah. you're here, you know? Yeah. When, you, when you're outside of it, you try to fight it the whole time. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to see... Yankees, Red Sox, Sunday Night Baseball. You don't want to see that shit when you're not in it. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, you're like, why they always put them on? Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Exa- that yeah. is advertised yeah. a week before they come on. ESPN is doing Yankee Boston Sunday Night Baseball oh, advertising a week before you're not, the game. You hate it when you were somewhere When it's not you, you hate it. I, I went to Arizona it. for two years. Yeah. Didn't play Sunday Night Baseball one time. <laughs> <laughs> I say they talk about, well, what was one of the best perks of being in Arizona, never having to play getaway day game. Getaway night games. Oh, <laughs> you're right, man. On Sunday. Oh my gosh, that was the best. You are right. So okay, so the you think how about have you guys read the theory too about like Bran is actually the Night King? Yeah, have I've you read that? that. Yeah. yeah, I've heard. There's that. so many theories going around now. I hate spoilers. I will not mess with spoilers. I want to yeah. enjoy the show. But the theories because they're all just kind of like fan base without actual intel. Those I get into, mm-hmm. like because yeah. I like. Seeing like, oh, well, I've been doing the same thing after the Star Wars trailer came out for Rise Just of Skywalker. Checking, checking the yeah, like, okay, like, what does it mean? Could Ray be a Palpatine? Since he's <laughs> how about, like, you know, how, are you a Star Wars guy too, Hark? What? Oh, baby! <laughs> All right, so you watched the trailer? You, you, they talking about the first one came out when I was twelve or thirteen. So oh I've been, gosh. I've been on. I've seen every single Star Wars multiple times. Oh, I love it, man. So C and I. Liked Solo when it came yes, out. Yes, I did too. Mm-hmm. See, okay, I liked it. People but didn't you're like not it. Get hard to say he like he dislikes anything. Now. <laughs> See, that's my kind of guy. I'm the he same way, man. Movie. I'm the he same way. way. Don't don't ever change. Hard. That is that not. That is go, who was that movie we went to go Super see? Super Eight. Said, Super Eight. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst movie ever made. He and thought it was. I said, you first of all, you go in there with your expectations way too high. I said, I just like to be entertained. That's it. Like I've been. Three movies with Rob Kakuza, he's walked out of two. No, you can't yes. do that. He you gets can't up and do walk. that. No, get but up and the walk first out. time he got up, says, "Hey, bro, I'm going to the bathroom." Never came back. <laughs> Whoa, what? The second time he says, "I'm not going to do it to you this time." I'm not telling you I'm going to the bathroom. I'm just leaving. <laughs> what movies? I don't even remember. They were both in Boston. Oh, but man. I was like, I'm done asking you to <laughs> See, go to movies. That's terrible. He'll get up and walk out. But yeah. my thing is like, if you haven't seen the story develop yet, oh, it's like yeah. leaving in the third he, inning. He yeah. could like, already tell. He was like, Nah, uh, I can tell. It. I will say, there's all, I'm the same way as you, Hark. If the movie entertains me, yeah. I'm cool with oh, it. What like, is that? What is like, the movie entertain me? What no, is that it's bullshit? Like, it, it's like, I yeah. mean, that's anything. No, but it's like, it, it's a commercial could be fucking entertaining. Sure, yeah, it you is. You sit there for two and a half hours and watch some bullshit? Yeah. yeah. No, it's entertaining. Time. You guys are crazy, man. There's only, there's every only, time. There's people, uh, uh, like a Tropic Thunder's on, yeah. I'm watching it from beginning to end. People think that was the worst movie ever. Nah, that's a bad example, because Tropic Thunder is hilarious. Not another teen movie, right? Like, is that a great movie? No, but do I love it? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, you know, 
But I'm that way. I, dude, you know what I'm that way with? I'm, I'm that way even with like the Twilight movies and stuff. I'm like, yeah, oh, I'll yeah. watch that and enjoy it. Absolutely. Loved every Twilight movie. Hell yeah. yeah. That's one thing I haven't seen. That's a franchise I haven't wow. seen. Oh, you got to get into so it. Now you've got to watch that. I've yeah. never seen the Twilight. Uh, and even though the girl irritated me because she was <laughs> yeah. constantly crying. Yeah, and she's like always <laughs> like biting her lip. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. I tell you what, I loved yeah. every bit. Because I'm, yeah. I'm a big vampire fan. Any vampire yeah. movie, I'm See, in. Oh, Hark is now. This is going to be my go to guy for shows. Did you like Van Helsing? He probably hated it. No, I loved it. I like Van Helsing. Yeah, I didn't see Van Helsing. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Oh man, this is Hark. uh, We you're gonna have to come back sometime, right? Man, this this just flew by. I told you, Mike Harkey might be the greatest guest in the history of our two seasons, man. This is we got to do. We got to do another one at some point this year, right, man? No doubt. We we got to have somebody else get somebody else on here. Yeah, we we can find out what Regina Hall is. (laughs) She's doing next week. That's it. Regina Hall. Yeah. Taraji P Henson. Maybe we get somebody where I have to. Dress up a little bit. <laughs> you want me wearing your yogi shirt huh? next week? Huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Give her a, I get her giving a yogi shirt off my back. <laughs> oh, I love it. It'll I be fine. Oh, Hark, thank you for doing this, man. This oh, was terrific. Thanks, Hark. I had a blast.